the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. Uh, mixed results last night for yours truly and Thursday Night Football. How you not throw Tony Pollard the damn ball more in space? I didn't understand that at all. It was a bit uh, head-scratching, a bit perplexing, and um, I'm a bit miffed as a result of it. But we march on. We got a brand-new day, which means brand-new opportunities to bet on the smorgasbord of sports. And tonight, Lundy, we've got the Pac-12 title game. Uh, I know you're deep-seated feelings toward a certain feathery creature uh, near where you grew up in Corvallis. Uh, that would be the Oregon Ducks. They're taking on Utah in the Pac-12 title game. Uh, I am actually saying uh, F the Ducks. Uh, they're going to be turning to Fogwatt once again. I'm taking Utah minus two and a half at a minus 110 juice. Uh, pull this one from DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, it was, what, 13 days ago that Oregon went into Salt Lake City and got thumped. 38-7, to all the feathers plucked in that one as Utah ran for over 200 yards. Uh, they don't turn the damn ball over, and that's something Oregon really thrives off of. And you look at uh, the Utah Utes defense, number one of the Pac-12 in total sacks and tackles for loss this season. They're just more physical, they're more brutish, and I think they're going to lay down the ducks on the mat once again. So a lot of people will seem to be siding with Oregon, say they're going to exact their revenge. I say not so fast, my friend. Go Lee Corso on you. I'm going to, again, take Utah minus two and a half and round number two minus 110, 110 at DraftKings. So uh, what are you feeling? Fade or follow on that one, my man. Why do you even have to ask me this? <laughs> Why do you have to ask? Do you know what I do, Brad? I root against the Ducks. I, uh, I I bet against the Ducks. It's just it's what I do. It's one of the few things that I do. I don't even have the same kind of um, a passion bet for my own team, Oregon State. <laughs> I have more passion for betting against the Ducks than I do for betting for my own team. So you know where my loyalty lies. It lies in watching the Ducks fall flat on their face. Um, but in true, you know, trying to actually put some analysis behind it, here's the thing. I know everybody is talking about this idea of the Ducks exacting revenge, but it's not like the first game against Utah was competitive. You know, was, was, well, <laughs> not only that. It's not like the first game against Utah was two months ago. Right. It was just a couple of weeks ago. And so, you know, it's not like the Ducks have all of a sudden, you know, changed up some of their their defense or they brought in some different like this. This game just happened and they got their asses kicked. So I think Utah does it again. I think everybody's talking about, oh, well, you know, Utah won't have that home field because it's on the neutral site. I don't think it matters. Um, the, one of the key things, obviously, Oregon beat Oregon State. They beat my beloved Beavers uh, in the uh, Civil War. Yes, I'm going to continue to call it the Civil War until the day I die. Um, they beat them in the Civil War this past weekend. But if you look, they gave up some explosive plays to Oregon State on defense. This Oregon defense has some solid players up front, not the least of which is Thibodeau. Uh, but... 
they are susceptible to big plays. And I'm sorry, Cam Rising as a quarterback is a hell of a lot better than Oregon State's quarterback, and I think he can take advantage of that. So I am all about Utah in this one. Um, I, I think they win it by even more than a field goal, but uh, two and a half, nice, solid, easy spread. I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, it's all about clock training drives and protecting the football, and that's uh, the M.O. of Utah. I think they're going to demoralize the Ducks once again in the Pac-12 title game on this football Friday. With that, oh, let's get to it with another edition of the Fade Five. Number five. Props, props, some more player props. Uh, that is our specialty here on the Fade the Noise podcast. And let's focus on week 13 of the main slate of the NFL. Try to lock and load some action. And let's have a positive week because I'm already down 0.45 units from last night. Uh, so trying to regain those units lost. And let's start off with an anytime touchdown prop with Elijah Mitchell, Lundy. I uh, actually got this at plus 120 when it opened at FanDuel. It's still at plus odds at plus 100. And if you shop around at some of the other books, it's anywhere between minus 110 up to minus 130. So an extraordinary value right now still at tape time at FanDuel Sportsbook. You know, Mitchell has scored in three of his last five games. Debo Samuel is out in this contest uh, due to a strained groin, and it's Seattle, for crying out loud, one of the more forgiving defenses on the ground this season. Now, they've given up less than four yards per carry the running back position, but they're giving up over 170 total yards and double figures and touchdowns as well. So knowing that Mitchell is going to be saddled up as the Clydesdale, as the workhorse in this game, and pull it a, a pallet full of touches, I think there are extraordinarily high odds uh, that he will penetrate the invisible pool for six. So feed or follow Eli Mitchell, anytime touchdown, plus 100 at FanDuel Sportsbook. Ooh, you said the magic word, plus. Yes. Uh, plus 100, yeah, I like this one. The same reason that we, uh, you know, we looked at things like a, a, a C.D. Lamb touchdown, a Taysom Hill touchdown. Like, sometimes when you're throwing the dart on these touchdowns, don't don't waste your time with those minus numbers, people. Come on, let's go for some plus. It's a Friday. Let's start off the weekend with some fun. Let's make sure that we're getting our money straight back, not even worried about that juice. I like this one. And as you said, <laughs> it's the Seahawks. Uh, amen on that. Fade the Hawks. Ride. Eli Mitchell. Number four. All right, let's move on, and let's live in the land down under on a wager. You might say to yourself, well, this is a low-threshold offering, Evans. Are you off your rocker? No, not at all, because the evidence is pointing in only one direction, and that is the under on Kenyon Drake. 15.5 receiving yards. Take it on the fighting footballs of Washington. Uh, you look at the men with the silver and black. Uh, last time out, Luddy played a season-low 14.7% of the snaps. He has been under 15 and a half receiving yards in four of his last five. Hell, he hasn't even ran nine routes in a game in five of his last six. A fight footballs are giving up 31 receiving yards per game to the running back position, and seven rushers have gone over this total, but this is all about workload. Josh Jacobs has become the favored option in the past game, rendering Kenyon Drake useless, clearly in the rearview mirror right now uh, for this Las Vegas franchise. So, fade or follow, love the Drake, hate the Drake. Uh, I hate it on the over, but love it on the under. 15 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 at DraftKings. 
I always have to perk up my ears, Brad, when you start talking about an under, uh, because we know that does not happen very often with your player props. <laughs> no. You usually tr- you usually try to find those lower thresholds, somebody yep. that's being uh, that's being held back by you know the odds makers, the algorithms, whatever that doesn't seem quite right. We do that across all sports. Uh, I do the same thing when we start talking about hockey. Uh, you look for for the the favorable matchups, and you jump on somebody to grab a point or an assist or a goal. And I think this is the same thing with Drake. They have gone back to what I had obviously hoped as a fantasy owner of Josh Jacobs uh, of what they would have been doing all season long, which is just giving him as many opportunities as they can, trying to get Jacobs involved in that offense. Um, He's such a beast. I wish they would continue to use him more. He's fun to watch when he gets on a roll. Uh, But what that means is the subdued usage of Kenyon Drake. So I'm with you on this one. I bet you he gets one, maybe two catches, but finishes at about 10 yards. Yeah. Again, you gotta hate the Drake. Take the under on the receiving yard. Number three. All right, let's move on and talk about the show Tani of football, the ultimate hybrid. That is Cordero Patterson. Um, and this is one of those low threshold, low set lines, and I think he is going to blast on the over, and that is 33.5 rush yards against the vaunted Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus 115 at DraftKings Sportsbook. On paper, it's not a great matchup at all, uh, especially with Vita Vea back in the trenches as a Bucks this season, giving up just 3.7 five yards per carry 57.9 rush yards per game in the running back position seven plow shares have gone over this number uh on the 33 and a half line against uh the bucks uh, this season uh but you look at patterson you know, last week season high 16 carries season high 108 yards and a couple of touchdowns 8100 percent you know he was still dealing with some of the symptoms tied to the mild high ankle sprain i was shocked at how effective he was uh, and that's what he's been doing all season long, defying expectations. RB12 in yards after contact per attempt, and he's been over this 33.5 yards number on the ground in five of his last seven games. So, fade or follow, Cordero Patterson, CPAT, over 33.5 rush yards, minus 115 at DraftKings against the Bucks. I don't like this one. This is one of my least favorites that you've got as we go into week 13, <clears throat> excuse me, with Sunday's action, uh, because I know it's a low threshold, but it is still Tampa. The only thing that I am going to take to heart, I'm going to follow, I'm going to take the over, but the only thing that is making me do it is if you go back to the, the contest that Atlanta had in week two uh, against Tampa, you look at the fact that Cordero Patterson only had 11 yards on the ground in that game, but that is because the the uh, majority, the more carries wound up going to Mike Davis, who finished with 38 i think you could see flip-flop uh in this upcoming uh i don't really know what that sound effect was sorry uh (laughs) in this upcoming contest i i think that it could be that patterson is the one that finishes up in the upper 30s i do not expect a lot of yards on the ground uh in this one against that good tampa defense but i do think that if you can switch up the opportunities the handoffs uh between what mike davis did in week two and what cordero patterson has been doing recently for the falcons then he can get over this number just move mike davis to the side which is essentially what the uh, falcons have done over the course of the last three weeks no doubt he is uh, mike davis has combined in the last three weeks for a grand total of 12 carries. Um, So if they keep that number down, if they still continue to just barely use him, just sprinkle him in now and then and let Patterson shine the way that he has, then Patterson should be able to get over this number. But, ooh, this one makes me nervous against that good defense. Oh, the Peppermint Patterson is all they got, man. That's all they got. So they're going to continue to feed that beast. And, again, just 33.5 rush yards. Uh, It's too low of a threshold for me to ignore. 
Stay tuned for my top picks. Week 13 in the NFL Player Props Market Plus. Bonus time across various sports. Number two. All right, back to NFL week number 13. Trece, I think is what that is in Spanish. Uh, and it, this is an auto bet for me every single week. And it hurts so good. <clears throat> Mm. Come on, Jalen, make it hurt so good. I- I've been betting on it every week, and I've been cashing consistently on the over on rush yards. I got it at 47.5. It's down to 44.5, London at DraftKings. you got to pay up on the juice at minus 125 of the over, but I think it's worth a ticket. Uh, I understand that Hurts is dealing with an ankle injury, but Hurts himself has said, look, I've been limited to practice all week, but I'm going to play. And it's not like all of a sudden he's going to come out and be pocket-tied. Remember last night? How we were all concerned about Taysom Hill and the plantar fasciitis and, you know, it's going to limit him. It's a pain management issue. The guy ran for over 100 yards. He looked like a track athlete out there. No hindrances, uh, running without any inhibition at all. And I think it's going to be a similar development on the field for Jalen Hurts. Uh, This offense is predicated on pounding the opposition into submission. And it's the Jets. They're dreadful they're terrible at every facet defensively. I understand uh, the puddle jumpers have only allowed 96 rush yards in total the quarterback position this season. But they haven't faced a whole lot of designed runners. Terod Taylor last week is a high watermark at 30 yards. He only ran it a couple of times. Hertz is a guy that consistently runs it anywhere between 8 to 12 times per game. And listen to his last six outputs here in the rush yards category, Lundy. 61 71, 62, 53, 69, 77. Follow the trend. Follow the offensive scheme. Uh, tail the matchup. Jalen Hurts is going to inflict pain on the opposition. Don't worry about his tender wheels. So fade or follow. Hurts over 44 and a half rush yards. Minus 125 at DraftKings. You know, we were talking about uh, uh, say anything on yesterday's pod. <laughs> we were, Do yes. You- do you stand outside Jalen Hurts's house with the trench coat and the boombox? Uh, yes, I actually stand outside with the boombox over my head and a trench coat and nothing else underneath. Yeah, that's the visual that everybody needed <laughs> on a Friday. Good job. Good job, Brad. Good job. Uh, your love affair with Jalen Hurts is just it's It's, it's serious. It's, yeah, it's I need comedy. a restraining it's, order. It's your new uh, it's your new mandatory Montgomery. Um, I, I'm with you on the fact that the Jets have not allowed um, have, have really not allowed anybody to do this, including Josh Allen. Um, but I think, again, we're, we're following the trend of what Philadelphia is doing with their offense. And I think you can't ignore the fact that they're going to call those plays uh, for Hertz and, and try to uh, and try to make the defense pay for it. So I think this number is a little bit a little bit aggressive. I would like it a lot more if it were at like 40 and a half, 41 and a half. Um, but I do think that they're going to call his number. I think this one's going to be close. I think this could be we might be pitting out a little bit, sweating it, waiting for it to hit, uh, but hopefully he gets a solid uh, long run to start things off somewhere in the first or second quarter, maybe something to the tune of 13, 14 yards so that he gets up a big chunk of this and we can feel a little bit more confident. But, damn, dude, your love affair, it's real. Uh, I'm going to be real with you right now. I think he has 40 yards by halftime on the ground. I really do. I think he's going to put to rest any notion, any belief that his ankle is problematic. So, And it's the Jets. They're not putting up much of a fight right now. So, again, Hurts, yeah, boombox over the head. I love you, Jalen. 
especially on the over 44 and a half rush yards. Number one. All right, my favorite bet on the board. Yeah, even more so than the last one. Joe Mixon over 86 and a half rush yards against the LA Chargers. Pull this one from BetMGM at minus 115. Uh, Lenny, truth be told, I actually locked this in when it opened at 83 and a half. So it's crept up a little bit. But it's still too low. Extraordinary value in my estimation. The last two games, Joe Mixon has morphed into like old school Icky Woods. Uh, And he's doing more than just shuffling between the tackles. 58 rush attempts for 288 rush yards the last couple of games. He's top 10 in yards after contact per attempt. Top 10 in missed tackles for us this season. And he's got a sensational, a scintillating, a stupendous matchup against the Chargers, and it's well-documented. Their struggles in the trenches is they've given up 4.63 yards per carry, 121.5 rush yards per game just to the running back position, and five RBs have gone over this total against them. I think Mixon, for the third consecutive week, hits the century mark on the ground. Uh, It's December, and he's about to log a month to remember uh, on a very underrated Cincinnati Bengals team that is built to win in cold weather, and they're going to prove it at home against the Chargers this weekend. So fade or follow, Mixon going to fix it to make me some money on this over 86.5 rush yards, minus 115 to bet MGM. Melvin Gordon last week had 83 yards, and he's not even the best running back on the Broncos team. Right. Um, so, yes, uh, follow the trend of the uh, the holes that the Chargers have currently on their defense and take the over with this one. Obviously, um, the, uh, um, the the yardage total, always nice when you can get it lower, 83.5. That would have been a lot nicer. <laughs> but I'll, I still think he gets to this. I I, I think he gets close to 100. I think he flirts with 100. I don't know if he if he ultimately gets there, but you're right about the Bengals, and you're right about the fact that, it, like, from a fantasy perspective, Joe Mixon is about to guide you into your playoffs uh, because his usage is through the damn roof. So, yes, take the over with this one. Jump on it again before it has a chance to go up because it may keep creeping up between now and kickoff on Sunday. Yeah, really, honestly, it should be around, like, 93.5, 94.5, and that might still be too low in the end for the booming Cincinnati Bengal. Oh, business is booming for us because you know we got some more bets. It's bonus time. What else you got for me, Lundy? Uh, let's take a look on the ice uh, and see if we can continue to uh, roll. A little bit of a mixed bag last night, but we're definitely doing well this week in the NHL, so let's see if it'll continue. Uh, Winnipeg going to be hosting uh, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, the Devils are on the second night of a back-to-back. That's always one of the things I look for when I'm trying to find somebody on the money line. Uh, and so I'm going to take Winnipeg on that money line uh, and might even take them in regulation if you want to be able to bring the juice down because they are somewhat heavily favored. One of the reasons why I like Winnipeg in this one, they have not played since Monday. Um, so they are well-rested. And again, as I just said, New Jersey is coming in on the second night of a back-to-back. Down in the desert we go where the Golden Knights will take on the Arizona Coyotes. As I've told you, yes, Arizona's starting to get just a little bit better, uh, but they still stink. Uh, so we are going to do the same thing. We're going to take Vegas, and we're going to take them on the 60-minute line in order to bring that juice down. And in college football, Brad, I'm sorry, I lived in San Antonio for a few years. So did you. Yeah. Uh, the UTSA Roadrunners are overrated. I, I'm sorry, but <laughs> they're overrated. 
folks, if you dive in, like what, a, a week and a half ago or so, they were undefeated in like number 15, right? I think in the country, I think that's where they were, 15 or 16, something like that. Um, and then they blew it on the road against uh, uh, North Texas. Uh, but that, that mean green team is on a roll. But here's the thing. If you go in and actually dive into some of UTSA's wins, I'll give them credit because at the end of the day, scoreboard is what matters. But some of those wins they pulled off because the other team screwed up, not because, you know, they did anything miraculous. So with that in mind, the Conference USA Championship is tonight, in addition to the Oregon-Utah game that we already talked about. I will take the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers Ooh, yeah. uh, to win it. This one actually opened as a somewhat tight spread. It has now gone to where Western Kentucky is minus three and a half. I'll still take it. Um, I think the Hilltoppers are a better team. Uh, out of these two and again I think UTSA is just slightly overrated I think they've got a good team I just I go back and look at that squad that was undefeated Brad and like I said there are some games that if you dive into what happened in the fourth quarter you realize that that the Roadrunners were gifted uh, a couple of those victories and probably should not have been undefeated and by the way if you want to get creative if you take Western Kentucky on the money line take the Utes on the money line just as that two-leg parlay plus 182. Ooh, I like that one quite a bit. Uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltopper uh, looks like a dancing blood clot, by the way. I'm not really oh, sure. See, now that I'm not, I'm not as uh, familiar with the look of the mascot. Uh, it's just as... a blob of red. Oh, that's right. Yes, I have seen it. Yes, I do know exactly. Yes, it looks like uh, something we would have seen in elementary school in biology <laughs> if we were studying like hemoglobin. Yeah, you put it under the microscope on the slide. Uh, there is waving the hilltop. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> I, I do remember that now. I do remember that that now. So, yeah, a couple of hockey picks for you, plus the Conference USA Championship tonight. All right, uh, let's go to the world of college basketball and work an NBA selection here as well. Iowa-Purdue, the total open at 162.5. I still see it at some books at 162. It's too dangerous. High. Uh, I'm going to take the under on that one. The Big Ten opener for both these teams. Iowa shocked the basketball world, uh, pulling off a stunner with defense, mind you, a defensive play to end it in Charlottesville against Virginia in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Of course, Purdue is just beating up on everybody. I think Purdue is going to try to slow this game down. Uh, Iowa loves to fly up and down the floor. This game is in Mackey. It's going to be loud. It's going to be raucous. It's going to be, you know, ear piercing for the visitors. And I think the Hawkeyes are going to be humbled. Uh, these are two of the top three best offenses in the country. Uh, but again, tempo will be everything. And this is just too high of a total for me. So again, I'm under on 162 and a half. I would still be under on 161 if you can find that line. Elsewhere, two leg alt line parlay I like tonight. UT, Rio Grande Valley, the Valeros taking on the uh, top school in Texas, uh, you know, at least uh, by academic standards, uh, with the University of Texas and the Longhorns. I'm going to outline that to plus 31 and a half. It's just too many points uh, for the Longhorns to lay there. And then I'm going to go back to Virginia. They're hosting probably the worst team of the ACC in Pittsburgh at home, coming off that tough loss against Iowa. I'll uh, whittle that down to minus 10. So UTRGV plus 31.5, UVA minus 10. That's a cool plus 111. Uh, and then elsewhere in the NBA, our guy, Franz Wagner, who I know you would bet on a ton, me as well. Uh, I'm going to take the over on assist plus rebounds at plus 105 on a 7.5 line at Houston. Uh, Wagner has gone 11, 9, 12, 11, and 8 in combined assists and rebounds in his last five, and I think that trend continues. Oh, and let's get some more player props in rapid-fire style here in week 13 of the NFL season. Two-leg 
Anytime touchdown prop. Give me Alexander Madison to find the end zone against Detroit. Give me James Cotter as a touchdown machine to find the end zone against the Bears. Plus 167 on that two-legger at DraftKings Sportsbook. Give me the under on Russell Wilson, 229.5 pass yards against the Niners. Wilson, QB 38, adjusted completion percentage since week nine and has not gone over this number since week three and week four against the Niners only threw for a buck 49 and then last but certainly not least here's a strange one for you Josh Reynolds over 35 and a half receiving yards uh, he is now a member of the Detroit Lions reteaming with his former LA Rams uh, cohort there and Jared Goff and you're going up against Minnesota uh, which has allowed 21 wide receivers to go over 35 and a half on the receiving yards line that's what it is for Reynolds who, by the way, has played 89.1 and 86.7% of the snaps in back-to-back weeks and is coming off a 70-yard effort on Thanksgiving Day. So that is a wonderful wager that I love. Again, over 35.5 yards on Josh Reynolds. Whew, that's a lot on this edition of the Faith and Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter. At Nate Lundy, follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review. Would you kindly if you enjoy this broadcast? And until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.